Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to share your story with us at infofellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, or go online to fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can use your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Good morning, church, and welcome. Guys, I hope that you came ready to worship this morning because Jesus is the reason that we are here. So let's give him all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. Come on.
our hands to heaven right now. How many of you know God's in this place? The presence of God is in this place. You know that the atmosphere in this place is changing right now. When we worship, when we call upon that name of Jesus, the atmosphere changes. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Come on, sing this with us.
presence, so get used to it. But some of us have been on a long journey with him. And he deserves nothing less than for us to be in this position while we sing to him. Because you guys, there are times that we shouldn't have made it, and there are times that we shouldn't have been pulled through, and there are times that we shouldn't have had enough. And you know what? Do you know why you did? Do you know why you were brought through? Do you know why you had enough? Please tell me why. Because God is good and God is faithful to the end, not just yesterday and not just last time that he pulled you through, but he's faithful now and he's faithful in the days to come. And that's the promise that he left us with. So as we, as we continue in worship and as we sing to him and we praise him, would y'all do this with me? Because he is so deserving and he is to be honored.
we thank you that your goodness has been running after us. God, when we've been walking in the opposite direction, when we've been walking away from what it is you've called us to and it gets dark and it gets scary and we don't know what's going on and we're alone, God, it's important for us to remember that you are always by our side, God. You've never stopped chasing after us. You're good yesterday, you're good today, and you're good in our future, God. You are in the middle and you hold it all together, God. We thank you for your goodness. God, where it felt bleak, where that diagnosis was bigger than your voice, God, we're sorry and we thank you that you are working it out on our behalf. You're Jehovah Jireh, you're the God who provides and we are excited to see the goodness of God in every bit of our life moving forward. God, we thank you so much and we pray that you would soften our hearts for the word that you have for us today. We love you, it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. All right, let's give him one more shout of praise, yeah. Amen. All right, well, church, I'm so excited to see all of you today. Please make your way back to your seats. Show yourself friendly, bump some elbows, fist bumps, handshakes, whatever you're comfortable with. We are so excited that the house is so much more full than normal, and we're excited that all of you are joining us online. It's so great to have you here with us this beautiful spring day. But I wanna start off by welcoming our newcomers, our visitors. If, if you would consider yourself to be new or visiting Fellowship Church or joining us online for the first time, we wanna say thank you for being here and ask that you would text Fellowship to 94000. That'll get you connected with one of our staff members, and we'll get you connected in, kind of introduce ourselves, kind of give you a tour and give you the rundown of, of what we do here at Fellowship, and we're just so excited that you've decided to spend your Sunday with us today. Um, we're going to continue to give with the worship with the giving of tithes and offerings, and so right there on the side screens, you're going to see all of your options. We're not going to pass buckets or anything like that today, but you can text give um, through the Church Center app. It's probably the easiest way to do it, and as we go into our giving time, I'm, I'm reminded that it is spring, right? It's hard to not know that it's spring with, you know, I can't breathe because everybody's burning everything and haze blooming, but um, it's so wonderful. There's no place like the Grand Valley in springtime, right? Just the, the beautiful, the sandhill cranes, you hear that sound and you know, man, springtime is here. And then you see the, the orchards start to blossom. You see all the flowers come and it's just a wonderful season change. And I feel like a lot of us need a season change, right? We need a change in our, in our season, whether it's spiritual or financial, whatever it is. A lot of us need a change of our season. I just was reminded, there's this orchard by my house. I drive past it every morning. And to see it go from like bleak, kind of dormant, not dead, but they look dead trees, to green buds, to then beautiful blossoms. And I feel like I was reminded of Matthew 6, where Jesus is talking about contentment in the Sermon on the Mountain. He's saying, remember the sparrows. The sparrows don't sow seeds. They don't, they don't prepare for winter or anything like that. They don't sow a harvest, but God takes care of them. So how much more does he love you, right? Or, or the lilies of the field, they're dressed in more beauty and splendor than Solomon himself, but they're just flowers. So how much more does God care and love for you? So let that be your encouragement and your reminder in this change of seasons. As the flowers bloom and the birds chirp, remember that God is changing your season as well. So let me pray for you as we give. Lord God, we love you so much and we just thank you that the seasons are changing, God, both physically and that it's warmer. We get to get outside and enjoy creation more. But God, also that the spiritual season is changing as well. And I pray for everybody in this room who needs that season change. God, I pray that you would just show yourself faithful to them. God, God, where your goodness has been running after us all these days. God, I pray that it would just become clear and evident. And God, I pray that you would blow everybody's mind in 2021 with what you're gonna do and your plan and your will for our lives. God, we love you and we trust you with every bit of our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Well, one more way we like to give back as a church to our community is through ShareFest. So it's ShareFest time again. And over here on the west side of the lobby, we're going to have gray boards out with the projects on it. There's about 30 projects out there that need adopted. So if you're looking for a way to maybe your life group is looking for something to do as a group or you and your family, please consider stopping by that area, talking to Pastor Will or Sheila and getting connected with ShareFest. It's such an amazing way to give back to our community through physical service. It's, it, we get to literally be the hands and feet of Jesus and show the community that Jesus does care for them. And so all these projects are gonna be outdoors this year. So that's yard maintenance, taking things to the landfill, washing windows, setting up swamp coolers, etc. You don't have to have tons of skill, just a willingness to come and help. And so if you're interested in leading one of those programs or even signing up to be a part of one of those um, projects, please stop by our ShareFest booth area. <laughs> I'm not sure what to call it. The gray boards in the west side of the lobby and sign up for one of those as well. But here's what's happening at Fellowship Church. Starting Wednesday night is our new course called Three Kings. It is not too late to sign up. Make sure though you do so today. The workbooks are $18. I love this curriculum because we get to talk about three men in the Bible that have incredible stories. In fact, their stories are sometimes stranger than fiction. We're gonna be looking at the life of Saul, the life of David, and the life of Solomon. And so we're really excited for this. Uh, it's something that is a passion of mine to teach on First and Second Samuel. Love for you to be a part of it. Now, this is a course also that we're offering online simultaneously to being there live. So you can choose, or if you miss a night, it's no big deal because you can check the session out later online. But make sure that you come this Wednesday night from seven to eight, sign up on the Church Center app, pay for your books, and we'll make sure your books are there for you that evening. Also, if you are a parent of a child that is kindergarten or up, we're asking now that you sign liability forms for your kids. We've gotten so many new things for our K-1 class as well as Kids Church that uh, we would just ask that you guys sign a liability form for your kids. We want to keep them safe and they'll be fine in there, but this helps us out. So please do so by checking out the Church Center app or seeing somebody on Purple Team today. Next Sunday, we're going to have a concert for the Lord. We're gonna have a worship night here at Fellowship Church from six to seven o'clock on the 18th. And it's gonna be a time where we can come together as a church family live and worship together. We're gonna have all of your favorite worship songs, a great team, great band for us to worship to. So make sure you guys come back next week. You don't have to register, you don't have to get tickets. Just come and be a part of it next Sunday at 6 p.m. We're super excited to have Pastor Hooper back with us this morning. He's starting a new series, three parts, God's Forever Family. Welcome him this morning. God bless you and enjoy the rest of the service.
There is a gravestone in a cemetery in Indiana that is believed to be over a hundred years old. Inscribed on that gravestone are these words, pause, stranger, when you pass me by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be, so prepare for death and follow me. Well, some unknown person read those words and scratched this reply underneath. To follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went. <laughs> well, that's a pretty important question, isn't it? Where are you going when you leave here? It needs to be asked to every individual, and it needs to be answered. Because our Heavenly Father made it very clear that we are not to be citizens of this earth, that we are to be citizens of a place called heaven. And since our Creator God created the lungs in which you breathe, created the heart in which pumps blood through your body, created the brain which keeps everything going, and He said, I created your bodies not to last on this earth. It only makes sense that you and I would decide and prepare in advance where we're going. Because God made it clear that when a person leaves here, they are going to spend eternity somewhere. Another way to put it is this, if you hang on to and cling to this life, then you will miss heaven. But if you hang on to and cling to heaven, you get this life thrown in. Well, good morning, everyone. How are y'all doing? It is so good to see you. I'm so glad to have all of you in the live service, and it's good to see three-dimensional people. I love that. And for those of you that are watching online, everybody here, would you give a warm welcome to everybody that is joining us on the internet? Thank you so much. You guys are loved and appreciated, people that are watching from all over. Those of you that are tuning in that are part of our local church family, uh, thank you for doing that. We realize that many people are still not comfortable being in large crowds of people, and, and, and people have told me they should listen. You know, we're, we're, we have a health condition, we have a, a compromised immune system, we have pre-existing issues, and, and it's not that they're trying to make a statement. The truth is you're just trying to stay out of the way of all this that is happening, and we understand that, and we just want you to know that when you are comfortable, and I believe that, that many people are going to be comfortable uh, sooner than later, coming back to the house of God, worshiping here, uh, singing with your church family, being a part of it in live services, and, but until then, know this, we love you, we pray for you, and we're here for you. Just don't let this time disconnect you from your church body. If you have a need, if you need a pastor, one of our volunteers, one of our staff, you contact us, send an email, we'll get back with you and keep you connected in your church home. So thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're tuning in from anywhere across the United States and the messages of the services of Fellowship Church are an encouragement to you, we encourage you to minister by sharing uh, these services with people that you know, your family members, your friends, and, um, and let God use this to be a blessing and to be a help to somebody else. Well, let me pray. Father, we love you so very much. And today, Father, as we enter into this new series, I need to ask you to help me. 
please, first of all, forgive me for all of my sins, and I pray, Lord, that you would use me for your honor and for your glory. I love the people that are in this room. I love those that are watching us over the internet, and I'm asking right now that I wouldn't mess this up. Matter of fact, if you need to get me out of the way, just use me as a voice box. I'm good with that. But Father, please, today I pray your will would be done, and I pray that this important message, this series, would give the take-home for people that they so uh, might so desperately need. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, I'm going to read some scriptures, and I like to do this. I like for you guys to read with me from time to time, or just love the feedback. I'll give you the words that I want you to read back to me. So I'll read a little bit, then I'll kind of give you your cue, so watch for it. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says, so now you Gentiles, does everybody in the room know what the word Gentile means? It's a very complicated definition. You might want to write it down, Google it later, take some notes on this. The word Gentile means not Jews. That's it. So you, not Jews, right? That's all it means. Two categories, Jews, God's people that he brought the gospel message first to, and then Gentiles, meaning everybody else. He says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of everybody now, God's family. John 10 and verse 28 says this, I give them eternal life and they will, everybody, never perish. The Bible says no one can snatch them out of my hand. So here we go. We got God's family. They're never going to perish. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Man, I love that. Look at this then. We got God's family, never perish without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into everybody, his own family, by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. And that's the only way that a person can get to the heavenly father is through his son, Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. This, this family, God's forever family. Well, if you look at it, it starts all the way back in the very beginning, the book of Genesis. And God emphasizes to us just how important this relationship or this family is. Because in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, there are only two chapters that is given to the whole account of the creation of everything that God made. Then there's just one chapter that's dedicated to the fall of man, eight chapters then dedicated to cover the hundreds of years between the time of Adam and Noah, which was six. 1656, and then on to the life of Abraham, where God promised to make him a great nation. Now watch this. Then 38 chapters of the first book of the Bible deal with the life and the family of Abraham, his son Isaac, and his grandson Jacob, the progenitors of the Jewish people and the beginning of the nation of Israel. With so few chapters being given to the great event of creation of the planets, the stars, all the living creatures that are on the earth, and so many being given to the relationship of God and His promise to His beloved people, God does not keep it a secret just how important we are to Him. 
And he wants us to really understand to the very core of our being that our presence on this planet has purpose. We are not a consequence of some cosmic coincidence. You are not some relational accident. Even though your parents may have been surprised by your arrival, your heavenly Father was not surprised at all. You are not, you are, have been intentionally and strategically and purposefully placed on this planet. You were born when you were supposed to be born. You were born where you were supposed to be born, and you were born to whom you were supposed to be born to. And if we were to eavesdrop in on a conversation with God and one of the people of the Old Testament by the name of Jeremiah, that conversation in the Old Testament would collaborate my very claim that I'm making to you now. Where God said before, I formed you in the womb, I knew you, God said. God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Your parents made you, but I formed you. I deposited into you gifts and talents and temperament and personality. You were built by design. You were crafted for your calling, and you were wired for your work. Jeremiah, not only did I form you, God says. Now listen to this. God said, I knew you. This is personal. I knew you before you knew you. If I were to jump you back to the book of Genesis, you would find out that when God created everything that existed, he did so by speaking it into existence, the planets, the stars, all living things. But when it came to creating man after his own image, God literally put his hands into that work. It was so important and it was so personal that when God made us because we are that important to him. And God said, not only do I know you, but I know everything there is about you. You are not anything about you that's a surprise to me. I know your strengths, and I know your weaknesses. God said, I knew you'd be moody on Mondays. I knew you'd be cranky before your third cup of coffee. I knew what buttons the enemies can push in your life for the last several months to make you act and feel like you're not even saved. I knew all that about you. Didn't matter to me. I chose you anyway. Because no one has ever known you like I know you, and I still chose you. I know everything there is about you. And I know that you're not just somebody's son or daughter. I know you're not just a parent of a child or a grandparent of a grandchild. I know you're not just somebody's brother or sister or somebody's neighbor or somebody's friend. You are, God says, purpose partners with me. For in God's forever family is the family business. And he created you by design exactly for this time and continuum that you might be a part of his family's business. Because God wanted you here so badly for this time because God needed you to do certain things when it came to the family of God and helping those others that are in the family of God. And that's why knowing your purpose and who you are in God and how he created you, knowing this about us gives us an understanding not just of who we are, but whose we are. And most importantly, as a dear child of God, a reason to keep going and to keep fighting when all hell has come against your life. 
Because in this personal journey with God, your Father also wants you to live and experience the benefits of belonging to His family. And the most important benefit is receiving this. Our loving, all-knowing, all-powerful Father will never break a promise to you. He can't do it. If He promised to provide for you, then He will provide for you. If He promised His protection, He will protect you. If you get yourself in a mess, then He'll rescue you. He promised constant attention toward you. He promised His favor that will last a lifetime and that He would never take it away. He promised to comfort you. He promised to gift you. He promised to equip you. He promised that you will never be alone and you will never be without His help. And someday, after all of this, He promised you heaven. That's where your real citizenship belongs. Has anybody else noticed that as you get a little older, have you lived long enough yet to really understand and feel that this isn't home to you? How many of you have more years behind you than you know you have ahead of you on this earth? Can we talk about it for a minute? This doesn't feel like where we're going to stay, does it? This doesn't feel like where we're going to last forever. So after all this is said and done and the kind of life God wants us to live as being part of His forever family, then we have forever heaven. Now the third week in this series, I'm going to talk to you about heaven. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says it's like. What are the people doing there that have already gone before us? What do they look like? Will we recognize them when we get there? Will our pets be in heaven? I mean, we know cats are going to hell, but are there dogs and horses? Dogs and horses in heaven? Don't you want to know that? I'll talk to you. I'll tell you what the Bible says about all that on week three. We got that to look forward to. But in the time we have left in this introductory message, I want to highlight to you just one of the stories out of the Old Testament of God interacting with His family, with His very children. Now, it's a very well-known story, so I'm not going to go into great detail about it. I want to highlight some things that you might have missed in the story, listening to it in the past. There have been movies that have been made about it. A little bit of backstory. God's kids, Israel, got themselves in trouble again, ended up in slavery in Egypt. And when they finally cried out to God to rescue them, God was coming to their rescue. Now, when they cried out to God to rescue them, praying to God, God started talking to Moses. Moses was a reluctant leader. He said, ah, I don't do the in front of the people thing. I'm kind of a behind-the-scenes God. And, of course, you know, he's telling God how God created him. And God, you know, is convincing him that you need to be the one to go. Now, here's part of the story that I, 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 I just picked up on. When God's children started talking to God, God started talking to Moses. Now, for me, when I start talking to God, I want God to talk to me. But God decided He was going to talk to the problem fixer, the problem solver. So when they were talking about the problem, God immediately went to work on solving that problem. Now, when they get to the Red Sea, and this is the climax of the whole story, you know the things that went on, the plagues and all that kind of stuff. You've seen it. You've heard about it. But the climax takes place when they hit the Red Sea. And when they hit the Red Sea, the Bible says, and we'll pick it up right here, the Bible says in, in, a, in Exodus chapter 14, then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water, 
with a strong east wind. The wind blew all night, turning the seabed into dry land. Mark that word, dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. He emphasized the ground being dry again, with walls and water on each side. Then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, charioteers, chased them into the middle of the sea. But, because, but just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. He twisted their chariot wheels, making the chariots difficult to drive. Let's get out of here, away from these Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them. We have a father who will fight for you. We have a Father who will come to your rescue. We have a Father that when you and I get ourselves in positions or places that is way above our pay grade and we can't handle ourselves, God will step in and handle those things for us. And let me just start by a couple of different highlights. Here's the first one, and it's the name of the book, the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus simply means the book of exits. And we see here that we have a heavenly father, we serve a God who is a God of great exits. Do you know what that means to you and I as his children? It means we, as God's children, can never be trapped. It means your life can never be stuck. Because God is the God of exits, there is nothing and no place in your life where you have to stay there. You serve a great God of great exits. And regardless of where you're at today, and the enemy trying to speak into your mind that this is your life, this is it. You got yourself into this mess. The dreams that you had on the table are off the table. You don't get the desires of your heart anymore. Have a man in your life, a woman in your life, somebody you just go out and even be friends with and have dinner with and an adult conversation on a Christian level. I mean, you might as well throw that away because that's not on the table for you. You might as well give up on the fact of building a business in this economy. You're not going to get the dreams that you once had. And see what happens so many times is we get ourselves in one chapter of the story of our life and the enemy begins to speak into our mind lies telling us that that's what the rest of our life is going to look like. That is not true when it comes to how we read the word, God's Word concerning the rest of His children in the Bible. We get in chapter 2, we find God's kids being in a mess. We find chapter 3, uh-oh, mess got worse. We thought, oh, it'll get better in a minute. Chapter 4, it looks like all hope is gone. Chapter 5, it looks like somebody's coming to the rescue. Chapter 6, it looks like, oh, they got God's attention. Chapter 7, everything changes. And the only thing you need to know about what's going to happen to God's kids when it comes to the Old and New Testament is just keep reading the next chapter. But so many times in our life, we get stuck in one chapter. Things are bad, and they've gotten worse, and we've been here for a while, and now it doesn't look like things are going to get any better. And all you have to do, dear child of God, is turn the page. Keep walking. Keep going, knowing that the same God that held you and kept you in that chapter can get you out of that chapter into a new place, because our God, your Father, is an expert when it comes to exits. You're in a broken-hearted position. Things don't look good for you. 
You're just in a chapter. It's not your life, and your life's not over at 40. Your life's not over at 50. Are you kidding me? Your life's not over at 60 or 70. Never let the enemy tell you that where you're at today is where you will always be. That is a lie, because God can get you out of it, take you out of it, set you in a blessed place any time He's ready to do so. Let me bring up another highlight. This reluctant leader, Moses, tells God, okay, I'll do this, but they don't know me, and I don't know who to tell them is sending me. So who do you want me to tell those Egyptians that Pharaoh uh, has sent me? Because concerning these people of Egypt, they were polytheistic people. They believe in polytheism, which means the belief in many gods. They didn't have one god. He couldn't just say, God sent me. They would want to know which one, because they had the moon god. They had the sun god. They had the fertility god and many others. So God answered Moses by saying, I want you to tell him. Now, you ready for this, Moses? You might want to write this down. Don't forget it. Tell him I am sent you. I am. There is not a word that adequately describes who I am going to be for my children. So just tell them I am. Because when they need a healer, I am that. When they need a way maker, I am that. When they need a provider, I am that. I am whatever you need in every situation of your life. I will be that for you. So just tell them I am. How many of you as God's children over the last several years of your life has found out that when you need a healer, He was your healer. When you needed a provider, He was your provider. When you needed to make it through a COVID season and when you need to make it through a pandemic, He was. He is the I am provider and waymaker in your life. Has He not been? There's not a name or words that can describe what God's going to be to his kids. It just goes on and on and on and on. And then finally, there's that dry land highlight. I just want to mention it. The writer goes to great length to let us understand that the land underneath that river, that sea, was dry when God's kids walked across it. Now, I, uh, I've been up in the mountains. I'm not a, I'm not a good hunter. I'm a terrible hunter. I'm loud. I make a lot of noise. The only animals I see are running away at five, six hundred yards. And with a bow, that's really hard to chase down. But I've been in areas in the mountains where there was snow melt and water had set for a very long period of time. And then for a very short season, it dried up. Now, when I say it dried up, I would not tell you that that land was dry, not underneath water that had been in an area for a long time. I would say it's marshy. I would say that land is muddy. I'd go around it. I wouldn't want to walk through it. But the writer tells us that this land was dry. If the land had been muddy, then Israel would have had tracks. And tracks are evidence of where they come from. But when the land is dry, there is no evidence of what you have walked through to get you where God wanted you to be. That is why our Father has worked so for us in this way so many times. We don't look like where we've come from. We don't look like what we have been through. 
Our Heavenly Father has taken your life and is moving you to another place, and in the move of you to another place, He is not going to allow anyone to see on you what you had to walk through, or what you dealt with, or what you've had to go through to get you where God wants you to be. No tracks in your life. No tracks in your past. No mud on you. No mud on you. Oh, come on. We all deserve to have mud on us. But God says, not where I'm taking you. That was then. This is now. And God knows some of you have gone through so much stress in your life. And that stress has just has changed your demeanor. And even has gone as deep as changing your temperament and personality. There have been some of you that have gone through so much worry, extreme worry these last several months, extreme worry. And God is bringing you through that to where that, that evidence of worry in your life in the past is not going to be seen in that next relationship, not going to be seen in that next season, that next chapter of your life. And some of you have gone through brokenness, deeply broken. You put your confidence and faith in a loved one that you thought would be there for you forever, and, and then they divorced you, and they're not there anymore. You thought that you'd be holding their hand and growing old with them and caring for one another, and, and now it just looks like it's you, and there's nobody else on the horizon. There's some of you that cared for a person and thought your future was going to be tied to that person, only to see that person die and no longer be in your life, lied to and deceived and broken and in despair. And we have a God who says what you are in that chapter will not be carried to your next. We'll have no evidence of it, no sign of it, no mud on you, just a great future ahead of you. What a father. What a family. I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to be a part of that family. You see, God separates the people on the earth only in two categories. Now, not us. We don't do that. You know, the word race in the Bible is not mentioned in the Old or the New Testament. There's nationalities, but the word race is only mentioned when somebody's running one. Take it all the way back, the book of Acts tells us that in Genesis, Every nation on the earth came from one man, Adam. How many races did God create? He created one called the human race. Many nationalities, where'd they come from? Genesis chapter 7. The Bible says that when God created Adam, several years went by, 1656, and here comes Noah. God saw that every person on the planet, their thoughts were evil. The Bible said continually. There's a verse in Genesis chapter 7 that said that broke God's heart. So God said, well, we can't let it go on this way. We're going to, I regret that I made him. We're going to do a, have a do-over. And thank God Noah found favor in the eyes of God. So God said, okay, we'll start over now. Noah, you and your wife, your three sons and your three wives and certain animals, I want you to take on the, uh, on the ark with you. So after they got off the ark, God told them to be fruitful and multiply. So they started having children. Jonah started having children. Here we go again. And then God said, I want you to be fruitful, multiply, and then I want you to spread out now and cover the earth. A big old planet, cover it. Well, God's children didn't do that. They started messing up again. They ended up at a place called Babel, 
And God said, okay, if you won't do it on your own, I'll do it for you. So he confused the languages of the people that were around that town. He let these people not understand those people, those people not understand these people. And finally, they separated because they couldn't understand each other. He separated them into nationalities by separating them by languages. Are you ready for that? So God, regardless, now the nationality spread out throughout the world, and, 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 and God separated them that way, not by race, by nationalities, because they were all connected to one human race. Now, we don't treat each other that way. We look at each other and the nationalities or where they live in the country by the pigment color of their skin and say, well, you're this, and I'm different from that, and you're that, and I'm different from that. We even separate each other by what trucks we drive. You're a Chevy guy, you're a Dodge guy, God bless you, you're a Ford guy, and you're a Jeep guy, you'll be first into heaven. <laughs> you can handle the roads. We separate each other by sports preferences. Anybody that loves the Broncos cannot love <laughs> the Raiders. And I'm telling the truth. I'm preaching now. I was messing around before. <laughs> right? But God says for everybody that's on the planet, you're only in one of two categories. And here it is. You are either in my family or you're not. You're either in my family or you're not. I uh, talked to a person recently that I know, known for a long time. And they said to me, they said, you know, I tried that whole God thing and I've read the Bible. It just didn't work for me like I think it works for other people. So I'm just kind of doing my own thing now. Well, if that's you and you feel that way, I hope you'll tune back in next week because I have the answer for you. Why is it that you've seen that work for so many other people? but you haven't seen that God family tucking into him relationship work for you. I'll answer that for you next week. I really will. Would you stand with me, please? To follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went. Am I going to see you in heaven? Would it be a good idea if your grandkids follow you? How about your kids? How about your coworkers? It's the most important question that you will answer. Because do you know what every person in the New Testament and every person in the Old Testament have in common? They're all dead. I didn't have notes on that. That was just right off the top of my head. <laughs> but my point is, none of us can stay here. So where you're going is very important. And the benefits of belonging to God's family doesn't just give you eternity in heaven. It gives you the greatest life you could possibly live here. So if you're not sure you belong to the family of God, let me close this service by praying a prayer that I'm asking you to pray with me. Would you bow your heads? Dear Heavenly Father, 
Please forgive me of my sins. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I'm partnering with you in this life. I want to be with you for all eternity. I'm signing up for the family business. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer at all, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below this video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.